Yo, 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 what is going on, everybody? And welcome to the Get the Shot podcast. This podcast is for all you aspiring creatives trying to get your shot at working in the sports creative industry. My name is Billy Quach, and I am a creative director at Let It Fly Media in Kansas City, as well as a content creator for the National Football League. Today, we have a very, very talented and exciting guest on the show. We've got Cam Good from Chicago. If you don't know who Cameron is, then you better look him up right now because his work is phenomenal and amazing. We're going to be talking a lot about his creative journey and how he got to where he is today, being a full-time freelancer, as well as answering questions directly from you, the audience. So thank you so much for those that are calling in. There's not much more needed in the intro, so let's freaking run it. Let's go. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the podcast. Today, we've got my good friend Cam Good on the line. Cam, how are you doing? Billy, what's good, man? Appreciate you having me on. Love the show. I mean, the guests you've had, Yazoo, Alex, Tay, Andre, Diego. I mean, that's like a whole mood board to me. So I'm excited to join the list and hoping to give some insight out for the uh, the next gen. Oh, yeah. The youngins. <laughs> the youngins. Um, don't say that because that makes me feel old. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you so much for taking your time out of the day to be on the podcast. Um, we're going to jump straight into it. Let's just start off with, for those that don't know, who, you know, I feel like a lot of people should know you, but for those that don't know, just give us a quick rundown of who Cameron Good is and kind of what you do and what you're doing right now. Yeah. So right now I'm currently full-time freelance. I work under my own name, uh, you know, technically, legally, Cam Good Creative, uh, but I just work under my own name. Um, I'm a creator, producer, artist, mostly known as an editor, but obviously just as every creative, just have that, you know, that Swiss army knife kind of skill set where I do photography, videography, graphic design, um, you know, started my, made my mark in sports. So it started uh, with an internship with the Cleveland Cavaliers. After that, made stops uh, to the Chicago Bears, which is my hometown here. Northwestern University Athletics, White Sox, United Center, which is the arena where the Bulls and ba- uh, Bulls and Blackhawks play. And then most recently back again with the Chicago Bears and just this, uh, you know, made the jump to the full-time freelance and grateful it's been working out. You know, most recently just finished some work with ESPN and it's, it's like, I started there cause it's even hard for me to imagine that, you know, I've come to this point and just been extremely grateful for the opportunity to create social and, uh, even more recently TV digital or TV content uh, for ESPN. So here I am, man. I'll save the rest of the road for... And now you're on the Get the Shot podcast. (laughs) Yeah, here we are. Here we are. Let's get it. Yep. We're going to get more into your jump to freelance because I believe that happened around the same time when I was at the Chiefs and I was kind of making my jump, not to freelance, but to an agency. So I think, you know, I kind of looked to your path and we had some similar similarities back then. But um, we're actually going to get started. We're going to do something different and get started with the questions first 
because we have a lot of people who want to ask you questions. And usually, you know, I ask a couple of questions first to start it off. But just in case um, we run out of time, I'm going to let them get in and start first. So first up, we've got Parker. Yo, Parker, what's going on? What's up? How are you? Doing good. I got Cam Good on the line as well. Um, thank you so much for being on the podcast with us. Um, let's start off with an intro sure. from you. Um, start off with your name and kind of just what you're what you're doing right now. If you're a student or if you're working, just to give us a little more context so we can help better answer your question. And then go off, go ahead and start off with your first question. After that, sweet. Uh, yeah. So right now um, I'm at Northwestern State. Uh, I'm doing the creative video stuff there. Um, I started my junior year of high school as a uh, kind of like doing overseeing like the huddle highlights of um, my high school team. And from there, my senior year, uh, we had some guys that we created like a team kind of that could help me out. Um, that way I could kind of do my own thing on the sideline. Uh, so I kind of found a passion for it there my senior year. Um, had some help from a guy um, named Wes my junior year. Uh, but senior year really just led me to, to doing it now, uh, where I'm at today, uh, which is at Northwest. And I really love it here. It's, it's kind of given me like the creative freedom that I was looking for, um, rather than going to like a big school. So I really like it here. Nice. That's awesome to hear. Um, and what's your first question? Yeah. Uh, so I have three of them and my first one would be what sparks the creativity in your head when you go to start a video? Uh, yeah, I'll start off with that one. Um, what starts to create? I mean, I, I think it comes from different places for everyone. Uh, but for me, it's, I think for me, a lot of times it happens in the moment of the shoot. Like, um, I feel like a lot of people, maybe they storyboard a little more than me or they plan some shots and some edits a little bit more than me. Um, but personally, I feel like when I show up with my camera, and like get in the environment and see like the subject, the lighting, the setting, whatever it is. Um, and it all comes together there for me. That's when like things start flowing and things start um, getting a little more creative for me. Uh, and then right. I could take, I can kind of edit in my head while I'm shooting and then take that, you know, those ideas I had while I was on the shoot with me to um, the edit bay afterwards. Um, so that's, that's how things usually start off for me is more in the moment than um, planning for it. Cam, what about you? Yeah, it's it's funny because I have a similar type process where, you know, I, I well, first I would like, I would say it all, it depends on the type of video you're dealing with. So those videos that you have a little more time to, you know, nail down a song, uh, you have time to really, you know, uh, get a brief and digest, um, what you're trying to accomplish is, you know, I think that's one scenario versus like the quick turn video stuff, the day of game, uh, you know, turning something around the next day. I think it ultimately depends on, um, you know, your, I guess your timeline and your deadline you're, you have, but for me, uh, I guess in, in this case, I'll just talk about where I have a lot of more time. Uh, and it, it's similar to Billy's process where I start my process without even opening Premiere. Like I will, whenever I receive footage or uh, melt, I'll kind of take five minutes to scrub through that video to really understand what I'm dealing with. Cause you know, 
most of the time right now I'm in, I'm working as an editor, so I don't have the, you know, I can't be everywhere and shooting everything at the same time. So I have to visualize, um, you know, I have to get an idea of what type of footage I have. And then, you know, if the song is already picked out, that's always a favorable, uh, opportunity. So I then will leave the computer and I'll just listen to that song over and over again. I'll go for a run, a walk, you know, the Chicago winters here are pretty brutal. So if it's winter, I'm like looking like a madman pacing through my house, like nodding my head with my headphones, just, and you know, during that process, I'm just visualizing my edit because I, I really believe that the more work you can do mentally ahead of time, it's Mm going to help set you up to attack that edit as soon as you, you know, open up your project and, Right. I, I just think, yeah, it's where it starts for me. Okay. So it's all about just preparation and whatnot. And yep. I gotcha. Uh, so that kind of leads me into my next question. Um, Cameron, I love your work. Uh, I mean, it's awesome. And I know, like you said, you're more of an editor. So uh, this is kind of, I guess, more for Billy. Uh, I, uh, what do you think is more important, being a better shooter or a better editor? <laughs> that That's a tough question. And that's... Um... You know, I think, I mean, I think most people are just going to say both. Like, mm-hmm. you have to, you know, and I, it also depends. I, I don't think there is such thing as, like, best shooter. Or I guess I don't think you have to pick one over the other. Like, why not be good at both? But if you like one more than the other, then that's the one you should go after. Like, just if if you like shooting and that's, like, your thing, then there's no point in trying to become a better editor than you are a shooter, right? Or if you right. like editing and that's your thing, then there's no point in putting a ton of effort into becoming a better shooter if you if if what you want to do is um, be a good editor. For me, right. so I think it's just all self-preference. I don't think there, it's good to be one or the other. Like if I need... A good shooter, a good a good shooter. Then I'll go find a good shooter. I'm not gonna right. find like an editor, or if that kind of makes sense. Like there's shooters and editors out there. You can find yeah. whichever one you need. So I think the the thing for me is just knowing which of those two you like more or want to do more of, or maybe mm-hmm. you like to do both and you want to do both. Like that's available as well. Like the the cool thing about um, the cool thing about being like a creative and in in this field is that you kind of get to, I mean, you don't always get to choose, but for the most part, if you, if you're trying to be a dope editor like Cam, you know, mm-hmm. you can put your time into learning how to edit and practicing that and putting in reps, and then you become a dope editor. If you want to become right. a great shooter, then you could do the same. And if you want to do both, you can do that as well. Um, I don't think there's, um, uh you know, I don't think there's any reason to have to choose one over the other. Like one's not better than the other. Um, I think both are equally important. Yeah, I guess I, I would echo. I mean, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer here. Um, you know, what I would say is, you know, with the current state, just with, with, with COVID and everything, obviously there might be less shooting opportunities. Uh, so, you know, for me, that, that, you know, sports pretty much games were canceled. So 
I couldn't shoot as, you know, I didn't, I didn't shoot really anything for like a month and a half. So I, I took that opportunity to really understand and, and do like a self-reflection of, you know, what am I best at? And, you know, and what, what am I best at that will best serve the industry going forward? And I think that's when you, when you ask those type of questions, you can understand, you know, is this, is, you know, if you're not getting as many shoots right now, maybe it is the time to like sit down and just go to YouTube you and start sharpening your iron, man. Right. Awesome. Thank you. And then, uh, my last question is so when you're sitting down and you're working on a project, um, how is it that you like, you know, like this is the one, like this is, this is good to go. I'm going to, I'm going to export this and let it go. Put it out there. Yeah. It's, it's, it's such a good question. Cause that is, you know, that's, that's the thing I battle with a lot, especially when, you know, coming up on, on tight deadlines. But I think it's, it's hard to identify, you know, a, a certain like procedure of knowing that this is the one, but I think for me is once I'm at a, a place, you know, uh, you know, either I'm just clocking crazy hours or I'm like mentally getting exhausting. I'll just like take a step back, uh, replay the video. And if I feel that that is, you know, you, I guess the, it, there's a feeling of you just, when you see it, you kind of feel it. And what can help you on that process is by, sh- you know, sharing with someone else. So, uh, you know, when I'm working here, I'm working at home, so it's different than a you know a case like Billy's or or someone else that's you know with a team where you can you know get more eyes on a project. So it's a little bit tougher for me. But what I'll do is I even just grab like you know my brother to just run in or or show my girlfriend just you know just to get they don't know too much about video, but it's helpful to have them watch it and just even note like. Oh, is that like a flash frame there? You know, it's just even, even any set of eyes can be helpful to give you that confidence. You know that, okay, this is at a good place. Let's send it off. And I would, sorry, this long answer, but the Mm -hmm. last thing I would say is don't get too hung up on worrying if this is like, if this is ready, because most of the time, I mean, even me in my place right now, when I send something, you know, it, it, it ultimately is going to have the opportunity to, for, you know, either the, my client or my boss or, you know, whoever that person may be to provide feedback. So I think rather than waiting an extra three hours to worry about a certain transition or a certain effects to throw on, just get it in a good place where you can send it off get good feedback. And then that gives you extra time to be like, okay, when this feedback comes back, what else creatively can I throw on? Like what, what, what extra look can I give? Right. Yeah. And I'll add to that. Um, definitely different for everyone. I think for me, um, something I like to do, um, on top of like, you know, what Cam said, showing your friends, showing your roommates, showing your coworkers, Mm -hmm. like, Hey, check this out. Can you just 
you know, fresh pair of eyes, that's definitely very helpful. Um, just cause you're, you're editing it and you're just seeing it all the time. Um, something I like to do is export the video and then I like to airdrop it to my phone and watch it like on a different screen. Um, cause most people, um, obviously it depends on what projects you're working on, but for me, most of my stuff's going on social. So a lot of times people are going to be watching my stuff on their phone. So, uh, I like to airdrop it to my phone and watch it there. Um, and then if it's not like a pressing project in terms of deadline and I could, I sneak in a sleep in between, I like to watch them like right before I go to bed. And then after I wake up, just like to have that, like that, like eight hours of sleep to like make you forget about it. And it's like, Oh wait, I have right. a video I'm working on or whatever. Like, let me watch it. And then that usually like, that's when I'll have like, oh, I have an idea for this or, oh, snap, I messed up this part or mm, that didn't look right. Let me go back and fix that. Like a lot of those moments happen either right before bedtime, like I watch it one last time because I forgot yep. about it. Maybe I went, I ate dinner, I played some video games and then brush my teeth, going to bed. Oh, I'll watch that video one more time. And then maybe in the morning I'll do it again. And those are, I feel like the moments where I get a lot of feedback personally, like from myself. Um, yeah. But if you don't, like have that opportunity or in a time crunch or whatever, obviously um, even just exporting it, sending it to your phone and just watching it on a different screen gives a lot, a lot of um, feedback in my opinion, just because you see like, it's literally a smaller screen. So you like see the, I feel like you see the whole thing better than like on your yeah. big monitor. Um, yeah. But yeah. And, and then uh, echoing what Cam said, like, don't let, don't let like, I, I, whatever the saying is, like, don't let perfection, like, perfection get in the way of good enough or whatever. Like, a lot of times what we're trying to shoot for, what we're trying to reach has already yeah. surpassed the expectations of our bosses, our clients, and, like, people not in our world. Um, right. Because your content and, for the most part, what what the things we create for the people that we're creating for have no idea, like, what's good and what's bad and what's, you know, amazing. What's awesome? Like, usually, it, you'll know if it's a vi a video is good. But like to your friends, every video is good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. So yeah. like, I think the average person, the av average viewer, is gonna be blown away. And I think a lot of creatives get hung up on like trying to push it to being perfect, ten out of ten. When you know, their ten out of ten is just way larger of a scale than the average audience, if that even right. makes sense. So I got you. I got you. I like that phone ID. That's smart. Uh, I never really thought about that. I'll have to try that. Um, that's all the questions I really have. I, I really appreciate you guys having me on. Um, I love both of you guys' work. I mean, Billy, your stuff's insane. Cameron, your stuff's insane. Uh, even you guys have both been killing it lately. So good luck. This. Are you shooting the, the Browns game this weekend? The Browns yep. Team? Yep. I'll be, uh, I'll be out there in the cold shooting at Arrowhead. <laughs> Nice, nice. Stay warm. Cameron, you got any projects you're working on? Uh, man, just got to wait and see. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I uh, appreciate it, Parker. <laughs> appreciate yeah. it, Parker. Thank you very much, Parker. Thanks for calling in and have a good rest of your weekend. Yep, you too, guys. See you. All right, nice. That, that was some dope questions from Parker. Um, yeah, I really liked, you know, the questions he talked about. And it's, I think it's super important to like get fresh eyes on your uh on your work because you're just like looking at it all day long yeah that's it's funny you mentioned the airdrop because that 
is identically what I do because so many times, you know, I'll be watching on my monitor and I mean, I edit like in terms of pacing, it's it's already like pretty fast, but there are times when I'm like, you know, I think it's okay watching it on a big screen. And then I put it on my phone and I'm like, whoa, like even, even my fast editing, like, like that's like, that's way, way too fast. So I, I make adjustments like that all the time. Yeah. And it, it's, it's also, I didn't mention this, but it's all good, also good to like uh, double check like the audio levels of like your music and your Nats yeah. and like sound effects. Um, because again, a lot of people are going to be watching on their phones and like phone speakers just have a different um, dynamic range or whatever the word is compared to your headphones or like your computer speakers. So that's another thing I also check for. Um, but yeah, great questions from Parker. We're going to go to our next, um, guest. All right. Next person is Jace. Yo, Jace, what's up? Oh, oh. Uh, almost you're muted. I think there you go. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, they zoom every single day and can't, All good. One of the most important, um, zoom calls and, uh, <laughs> All good, man. you're here. Good. We made it. How's it going? Good. Yeah. Yeah, super good. Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for being on on the call with us. Thanks for calling in and asking us questions. We've got Cameron Good on the line as well. Um, so go ahead and let's start off just so we can get some context. Uh, start off with your name and your a little intro of if you're a student or if you're working or whatever um, your situation is now so we get some more context and we can better help with your questions. Right on. Yeah, uh, my name is Jace Claycow. Um, I... I work at a marketing agency during the day, and then I'm just now starting a um, a video production company. Um, kind of just getting it off the ground right now. Um, so my I have three questions. I'll try to get through them quick, not to keep you guys too long. Um, the first one revolves around cultivating just good habits. Um, so my question is, what are your you know one or two daily habits that you guys think contribute? the most to your inspiration, your, you know, motivation or overall focus? Yeah, it's, it's a great question. I think when it comes to finding inspiration for me, uh, it, it's kind of a counterintuitive answer, but I, because I would say it's like going online and offline. So what I mean by that is I'll go online and when I mean online, I'll, you know, I'll, peruse through Twitter, through Instagram, you know, kind of just getting us getting an idea, getting a spark from the industry of, you know, what's popping, like what, what are the latest, you know, trends and, you know, what video is performing really well. Um, and if you're following, you know, many people within the sports industry, you'll, you know, at the top of your Twitter feed are going to be, you know, the best few posts that are from, you know, any individual or any team, um, any brand that is just, you know, really popping off. So, uh, that's what I mean by that. And then what I mean by going offline is, you know, I, I strongly believe in trying to find that, that balance between, uh, you know, always logged on social and, and always editing versus, you know, it's kind of taking that, even if it's just a little bit of time, but taking some time off, um, and 
it, it, it just, it gives you a good refresh. You know, it, it kind of just, you know, I, some people call it mindfulness. Um, you know, just kind of either go for a walk or just do something that's like totally not even related to sports. Um, just to give your mind that, that restart, that refresh. Um, to me that that's really helpful just because, you know, some, some weeks I'll be just going from project to project and just trying to find that, that good balance, uh, just to refresh my mind. Yeah. And then to add to that, um, something I like to do in terms of inspiration or whenever I need to find inspiration is I make sure to take advantage of using, um, the collections feature on Instagram, um, or the save feature or whatever. Um, basically whenever I'm off or whenever I'm online as cam calls it, um, and I see something that's cool and something that I like, like, you know, catches my eye and you know, whether it's the editing or the shooting or whatever, I'll hit the save button on Instagram. And then after you hit that, you could also add it to a like category or a collection. Um, so I have a bunch of different collections, whether it's golf inspo or sports inspo or intro video inspo or fashion travel. Um, you know, just, I, I've basically made one for everything that has my interest. Like maybe it's music, maybe it's food, whatever. Um, so I make sure to, you know, take advantage of features like that on social media apps. Um, that way, you know, down the line when I'm looking for inspiration or, um, kind of look for some mood, um, assets to jumpstart the creativeness in me. Um, I like to go to my, you know, saved collections and then I can scroll through all the pieces that I've saved over the past couple of months, couple of years and kind of see what caught my eye back then. Um, in terms of finding motivation, I think was a part of your question. Um, for me, motivation is a little harder these couple, these past couple of months um, with COVID, for sure. Like, you know, you can't, you're stuck inside, you can't do anything. Um, and, and it's just hard, like when you're in, inside all day and you're in your room, you can't really go do anything because it's not safe. Um, definitely been, it's been hard to find motivation recently. Um, and I think... For me, it's just trying to, you know, take it one step at a time each day. Uh, recently, I'm trying to get a little bit into more um, figuring out graphic design and like Photoshop and Illustrator. So I kind of um, did a soft challenge against myself to try to do one graphic a day and just try to do something um, every day, whether it's, you know, something pretty easy or something complex, but just trying to create something new every day because the only way to get better in, the, in this field is to put in reps and, um, you know, put in, put in the hours. So that's kind of what my, what my motivation stems from right now is just knowing that like, okay, it, it, like in terms of like the pandemic, that sucks. Can't do much, yada, yada, yada. But I'm at my computer. I can, you know, at least practice a little bit day by day and hopefully, by the time things are normal, maybe I'm a little bit better at being able to graphic design and maybe I could, you know, go out and get some cooler photos and use that. Or uh, my roommate, Andy, Andy Torres, he's been 
he's gone zero to 100 with um, like VFX and 3D work. And it was the start of quarantine. He knew nothing basically. And that was like last March. He started looking up tutorials, just doing stuff day by day, by day little by little. And now he's at the point where he's, I mean, we just worked with the LA Clippers and did, you know, intro, outro for their intro video. Uh, and he did all that over winter break and just crushed it. Um, so that that's where I guess the motivation as well is from my from like other creatives in my lives, like my roommates, my coworkers, um, people like Cam when I see his work get posted. Um, so definitely following other creatives is definitely a good source of motivation as well. Um, and just trying to push through, especially, you know, this past year. Yeah, that's great, guys. That's awesome. Um, if you have time for, uh, I'd like to ask one. Yeah, one more. That's cool. No, you're good. Um, so Cameron, your Instagram bio, you know, telling each story in an, in an untold way. My, I guess my, my question would be, are there any steps that you take to make sure that, um, the video does indeed like, like focuses on telling story and not just focuses on, you know, it making it look really great or spectacular. Like how do you stay focused on, um, the story? Cause I myself tend to like slip into that, just trying to make it look cool and not realizing like, Oh, what's the real, you know, purpose behind this video? Yeah. It's, it's funny you mentioned because, uh, some people ask me about that. And, uh, I, what I mean by that is, you know, on each, each job that I have, each piece of, you know, work that I have, I'm trying to tell it in a way, I'm not saying like what I'm doing is like never been done before, or like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the first one to tell or like create a hype video like this. I just, what I mean by that is I try to be as, you know, innovative and creative as possible for you know, for whatever the subject may be, you know, whether it may be, you know, someone's hype video or, uh, you know, trying to, I guess what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to build a narrative, even if it is a hype video. So one example I can call back to is, uh, this video I made for, uh, Jack Thompson. Um, and that, that, project came through uh my good homie max himmel rich who uh works with Shaq directly and you know one when 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 someone gives you like a hype like says like do this hype video like this you just you, you know you normally think okay just like his highlights with with music and to me i'm trying to think of creative ways to kind of give like a yeah, an intro like creatively and you know obviously you have your highlights and and stuff like that but i i try to make it as visually creative and and entertaining as possible because i think there's there's something to be said about you know i i i just try to i try to make it as like crazy and wild looking, which I know goes against like what you were asking, but, um, I, I think there is something to be said about building a creative look and lining it with a narrative that you, uh, create for yourself. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. I think you do a good job of, of creating the narrative as well. Um, even just like, I was just scrolling your feed, like the, the Lamar video with like the, the ice and the eyes and whatnot. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like, like it's just some of those regards like, yeah, it looks cool, but you, you do a good job of, you know, meshing the, oh, I want to make this video wild, but also tell the narrative. So Yeah. And I think now, like when you, when you explain that video, that, that helps me understand like, so something like that, something that I do a lot um, to help build a narrative and help like give a, like almost like a crescendo effect to the like heightness of it is, you know, I, I do a lot of, uh, you know, sourcing and pulling, uh, you know, quotes and, and uh, you know, content from, you know, news anchors at their desks or talk shows, personalities talking about that, you know, that player or that moment, that game. I think if you're in a position where you can pull, you know, sound from outside sources to help, you know, lead, lead that story, then that's, it's certainly helpful. And I think that is probably a better answer to your question of building narrative, but um, yeah, man, appreciate it. Uh, that's great. Uh, those are some, that's great advice, man. Yeah. That's, that's all I got for you. Really appreciate you guys. Perfect. Well, thank you Thanks, so Ron. much for uh, hopping on and uh, figuring out your mic issue. Um, <laughs> hope, hopefully you have a good rest of your weekend and um, we'll catch you later. You as well. Thanks, guys. Bye. Appreciate it. Dope, dope, dope. Um, all right. Looks like the Jace gave up and he left. So I think we're done with that unless anybody else joins. But those were some really good questions from um, the couple of people that got on. Um, let's. Talk to me a little bit more about your editing process because lately you've been like destroying the editing game and obviously it's because of COVID so you can't really go out and shoot. Um, but, um, you know, everyone sees the final product on Instagram, but not many people know about, you know, how long does it take? What what are you given? What assets are you given? Like, are you given any creative freedom? So kind of go through, you know, in general, obviously all projects are different, but um, for the most part sure. from client reaching out, like what, what does it normally look like? Yeah. So, you know, recently I've uh, been fortunate to, to work with ESPN and, you know, obviously with, with a big entity like that, um, you know, they have the resources and uh, you know, the footage and uh, sometimes the music picked out. Uh, so obviously that really helps the process and, you know, it was, it's, it's a good place where they are, you know, they provide either, you know, we either jump on a call to talk through what, what our goals are, or sometimes there will be just a quick brief, just stating, you know, it's for this XYZ event. We want to feature these XYZ players and to this song, but you know, we want we want your creative touch on it. You know, we want, you know, use your vision on this. And we're basically just trying to tie in, you know, the, the major event and the messaging and just kind of use, uh, use your vision and, and come up with something. So, uh, most of the time, you know, in, in situations like that, 
like I explained earlier, when I have that song, that is just huge just because, you know, when I, when I do my work, I try to evoke emotions, like not to say like, I want you to like, but you know, like I'm not trying to make someone like cry or something like that, but just, I want you to like, like feel, I want you to like feel like a part of that video. And that's what I try to do in each of my work. So I really just hone in on the attention, the detail, um, really, you know, like almost like too much, uh, emphasis on the song sometimes. Like I'll listen when I hear a certain lyric, like I'll think of a certain shot that can, that can go right to that lyric or, you know, obviously like when the beat drops and finding moments in the song that I can relate, you know, what I I start to visualize what I want to do there. So that's, that's kind of where it begins for me. And, you know, my, my mind's kind of a, it's like a, it's a crazy place, man. Like it's, it's that, uh, it's, that Galifianakis gif where it like zooms in and there's all those numbers and stuff like popping out. Like, I mean, most of the time I just, I'm in a zone where, you know, I'm, I'm at a place where I, I feel confident in my work and it's just, it's almost like a natural process now. It was just, you know, going through the edit like piece by piece and to break it down on more of a macro level my, what I'll do is I'll have my song. I will start laying down rough cuts. I'll put markers in premiere and be like, okay, like need something here. So I'll just like make a quick marker and I try to build that narrative structure first so that I have, you know, kind of like my base layer. And then, you know, I'll go into and make, and start doing like creative um, adjustments or, you know, I'll highlight clips in Premiere and right click and bring that in After Effects. And that's where, you know, the After Effects part comes in. Um, So it's, you know, obviously it differs per project, but that's kind of the building blocks of my edits. So, you know, I'll start really simple, really rough cut. Then I'll take time to go back in and, you know, start putting creative overlays, effects. Um, you know, it's just, and I, I feel like some, I feel like sometimes in, in our industry, we're always thinking about like, what's, what's the preset or like, what transition can I put here? And I think, you know, I, I would, I would say when you, start to look at your rough cut instead of just trying to, you know, find ways to jam those presets or effects in, just watch it, just watch it with, you know, no effects and see if you can identify, uh, you know, a cut or two shots that like look the same and use your creativity to, to come up with a style that can merge that together or come up with like a new look. And that's what I do, honestly, a lot. Like in, in my work, I try to find those similar frames where I can like leverage off of that and create almost like a seamless transition. 
So that's kind of the, the long story of the process right there. Yeah, I love it. Like, if you're listening to this right now, you need to rewind and listen to that. <laughs> yeah. Because a lot of what you said, I a thousand percent agree. And I love because I, I do similar. I mean, my edits aren't as crazy as yours, but I, I have the same mindset. Like, it's a huge attention to detail. Um, that's like my biggest thing. And like when you mentioned like the lyrics and like matching shots with lyrics, I love doing that. And to me, it's almost like Easter eggs. Like I, like I put those in there and hope, you know, one out of a thousand people are going to be like, Oh, he like, you know, the, the lyrics said prank. And, you know, we saw the shot of Mahomes pranking Kelsey. (laughs) I didn't even know Like, like I think nine out of 10 people aren't going to notice, but I do it just to be like, yeah, Hey, you watch it again. Like, and pay attention to lyrics. Like, everything matches up. And so I love that answer about attention to detail. And I also love the answer about um, what you mentioned about after effects and trying to not jam presets and transitions into it. Uh, I'm the same way. Like I don't, I, I mean, I try not to use like already set up presets and zoom transitions and all that. I do everything in after effects or premiere and I try to do it like myself and I think that just makes your effects more um, more unique because you created it yourself. Like, it's not just a preset. And that's a really good, you know, strategy of looking at your edit with no cuts or with no effects and just seeing what shots are similar. So that way you can kind of, um, you know, think of a way to match those two together. Um, but, yeah, that was a really good answer. Um, tell me a little bit more about like how you got started in this industry, um, those intern days, and even before that, like what made you pick up a, a camera or what made you want to start editing? Like what was the beginning like for for you? Yeah, it's it's funny because I've kind of, I kind of knew what I wanted to do since since high school. And, you know, I was, I was lucky that the high school I went to, uh, Barrington High School, which is a local suburb, here in Chicago, they had a really strong video, a video production program. So I came in and, you know, shout out my teacher, Doc Doles. He showed us, you know, he brought us to the local TV stations. Uh, but like in terms of sports, like we went to Fox Sports Chicago, had a gig at Soldier Field. Uh, he was able to get us in to the Paris facility which was just crazy because, you know, fast forward like six years, I was a seasonal there, but that really just opened my eyes. Um, you know, as someone that always loved sports and, you know, played football, um, that just finding a way to combine my passion in sports and video was something that I, I knew I wanted to do. And then, you know, high school, I learned there were careers and I just, I had more confidence, like, okay, I can, I can, there is a path here. So after that, I went to Drake university, which was a small, it's a small school in Des Moines, Iowa. And I played, continued my football career there while also being at a really good journalism program. And, you know, it was, 
I want to say like 3000 undergrads. So, I mean, it was small, but that was helpful because it gave me the opportunity to really, you know, kind of set myself apart. And I was able to, you know, I was just creating, you know, hype videos for our football team and also just reaching out to the different sports programs on campus, like volleyball, women's basketball. And I was just creating like, you know, hype videos, banquet videos. And I think that's, you know, obviously that helped build like a portfolio to start with in, in college. And, you know, going into my senior year of college, I knew that I wanted to to get an internship somewhere in the sports field to help give me that boost. And, you know, I, I always love when you share that spreadsheet of all those places you did, because I mean, I didn't do a spreadsheet, but like, I, I mean, I applied to anywhere and everywhere. And, you know, I, I, I totally understand if, if that's not possible or, you know, if you, if you're unable to relocate at this time, but, um, you know, there, there still may be opportunities outside of your town or city that are like strictly digital now. So I think there, there's still opportunities out there. And, you know, I think, you know, we were similar in the sense of just always applying to anywhere, everywhere, just to get a, just a crack in that industry. And for me, you know, that was the Cleveland Cavaliers was the team that called back and, you know, they were like, what, like, why is some kid from Chicago applying here? You know, it's an unpaid internship, but heck man, I just wanted to, to get it, to get in anywhere and just had a, a great experience there. And I think the reason I mentioned that is just, you know, that was, that was, that was the key. It was the key to open up, you know, the door to the rest of my career because coming out of college, the Chicago bears had a seasonal position, uh, which seasonal is technically internship. So the job description of the bears nearly matched what I did for the Cavaliers identically. So that was, you know, that's, that was huge. And that's, you know, I obviously like being local here. It's not like I knew someone at the bears cause I didn't. I mean, you know, we visited there as high school kids, but it's not like, you know, I was like 16 at the time. And it's not like I was collecting business cards. So I, it was really that experience, you know, my first experience in sports, which was at Cleveland that helped me, you know, start my career. And one thing led after the other. And it's just, it's crazy to look back. And now I'm, you know, I'm grateful for the road and, just love sharing the story and helping others out there. Yeah. And what would you say kind of um, your turning point was in terms of you got, you reached to a level where you were confident in your work and you knew you, you like had something special. Like when do you think that was um, looking back? Yeah, it's it's a really good question. And I, I battled with confidence for a long time. You know, I just, I was just happy with the work I was doing for, you know, my employer. And I was, you know, I was, I was content, but I never really pictured my work having like 
you know, an effect outside of our like little building. So I guess it, it came to a point where I felt my confidence level started to, to, uh, uh, started to like get higher and I was networking, you know, constantly networking, constantly building my body of work and just having others among the industry or among, um, you know, among the staff that just would, would, you know, would say how much they, they love and appreciate my work. And, uh, but asking for that, like turning point, I would say it, it was like, it was a moment that happened almost simultaneously. And it was, um, you know, Spice Adams, who's like, AKA like the internet meme goat, the ahaha, uh, the cream biggums, the gif of the, you know, the guys throwing bricks at the, uh, at the basketball hoop. Uh, he is, he's local in Chicago and, and is actually a part-time personality for the bears. So I did a lot of work with him, um, you know, throughout the years. And that last year he just kept telling me because, you know, at this point, I mean, he was, he was popping up everywhere. Like he was like, he was a, he was a different meme every single day and he was working for, uh, you know, he was doing things, uh, with the NBA and East Bay and, you know, he was traveling everywhere and he, you know, when, when I worked with him, he just kept telling me, he's like, man, like, Cam, you, you are, you're gifted, man. Like if, if people only knew outside of this building, like, whoosh, jeesh, like it was just, it was just funny. And, and you know, that, that gave me like a lot of confidence, um, especially to come from like spice and then, uh, similar, similar timing. I, I started to connect with more creatives, um, throughout the industry. And one of them was, um, was Christian Diaz, who is over at sideline creative in Miami. And I remember talking to him about it and he just, you know, he, he told me, I I called him one night and he just said, you're going to look back at this a year from now and, and, and know that this was the best thing that could happen to you. And, you know, it just, it's helpful to hear from other, you know, creatives or other, other people, um, you know, outside of my world, because it just gives you more confidence. And I, I, I knew I, I built a good connection, um, you know, through like just network throughout the industry and, and knowing and believing in my work and man, it's just, it's wild to, to come this way and, and, and work with so many good people and, and good brands. And it's just crazy. Yeah. And that's, this is a good segue because you're, you're talking about, this is now you leaving the bears to go freelance, right? This is like right before then, or basically yeah. this is what you're yeah. leading, leading up to. Um, yeah. yeah. Let's talk a little bit more about that. Like what, I mean, you, you talked a little bit about getting more confidence, but what were, you know, why freelance? Like what made you want to leave a NFL organization? Because I, I did the same thing. I, I left the Chiefs to join an agency and, you know, create a team. Um, 
but what what were some of the reasons or what made you want to go the freelance route versus the um, staying with a team route? Yeah, it's a, it's a really good question. And I think going, you know, full-time freelance is, is not, it's not the easiest decision or it's not the easiest move just because, you know, it's, there's a lot that you got to think about, you know, it's, it's, it's in terms of financial security and, um, you know, your, your own boss, you're your own, you know, editor, photographer, videographer, accountant, salesperson. Um, so it's, I mean, there's a lot that goes into it, but, um, I, I think for me, it was, it was the desire to, to try to, uh, expand. And what I mean by that is expand, you know, my vision and my style on multiple brands or multiple sports. And just, I, I, I guess it, it's, it was almost like a feeling thing too. It just, you know, you just kind of got to trust your instincts and, and know that, you know, you, you can make it. And, you know, I'm, I'm fortunate to be talking about how this was a success for me. Uh, but, or, you know, we're still writing this chapter and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for where I am and the work that I've been able to do. But I think the decision or just the move to freelance, uh, I, I would, I would definitely say just the desire to work for multiple entities, um, is something that always, you know, enticed me. What, what would you say the kind of like the pros and cons are with freelance? Cause, uh, um, as a reminder, like people listening to this are, you know, younger aspiring creatives. They might not sure. understand what's the difference between freelance and agency and work for a team and, you know, working for like all these words we're using, like what, what are some pros and cons with full-time freelance that, you know, somebody younger might not know about? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's, it's definitely a, a good blend of, of pros and cons. I mean, the pros outweigh the cons. I, I like just, to give a confidence boost to everyone. Uh, but you know, in terms of the pros, you know, you have, you know, more creative freedom, obviously, uh, being able to really, you know, set your style, um, obviously set your price, but there's, you know, there's just, there's, there's more creative freedom in terms of, you know, working for, you know, different teams or, uh, you know, getting your name out there to different ad agencies and, um, you know, not worrying about, you know, conflicts of interest or any other, you know, potential hurdles along the way. Um, you know, for me, I was also, I, I should have mentioned in terms of, you know, having confidence to, to go full-time freelance. Um, you know, I, I had a, I had a safety net or like a side hustle. And that was, I, since 2015, I worked part time for the United center, which is where the bulls and Blackhawks play. And I was part of their video board game day staff. Um, so I would work, you know, depending on the year, a lot of games or a handful of, a handful of games, uh, as a part-time job. So I always knew that if I am, going full-time freelance, like I'm still, I still have, 
you know, kind of like a safety net of work that I can, that I can lean back on and, and understand that, you know, if no one hires me, like at least, you know, I'm, I have a, a part-time job somewhere. So that was also just a big factor in terms of, of, of doing that move. But um, yeah, back to the, the cons part, just, just knowing, you know, there's, it, it, there is some mental hurdles with this and just, for example, if, if, you know, client A reaches out to you to either uh, commit to this date for this shoot or edit, but then client B comes around and like, maybe it's like something that's right up your alley, right? It's like, it's the video that you want to do, um, comes around at that same date, then you have to, you have to understand that, you know, it's, it's better, uh, to commit to the, you know, you have to go with your first commitment and it's, it's tough. You know, sometimes it's, it's, it's hard, especially because, you know, you want, you want that client B project, but you have to explain to them that, you know, you would love to work with them in the future, but you know, you're booked, you, you, you're committed already. So that's just one of the cons that you got to battle through. Yeah. And like, obviously if client B reached out, you know, there's always going to be more projects. So it's not the end of the world if you don't work with them for this, you know, specific project. So that's a really good uh, mindset to have with people who are dealing with scheduling issues and conflicts. Um, uh, you mentioned um, setting your price. And I think that's a question I get a lot is people asking, like, how do you price stuff out? Like, how do you, you know, how do you know what to charge? Like, what's kind of your mindset? I mean, you don't have to give me your rates, but like, what, what's your like format or mindset or um, philosophy when it comes to pricing? Um, just so creatives kind of get a idea from a different perspective. Yeah. It's man, that is, that is, it is a really good question. And it is also like a really big hurdle that you got to like get through is in terms of pricing, you have to, you, you, you can't really come up with a price out of left field. And what I, what I had to do was, is I reached out to, you know, other creatives that have made this move and just, you know, it's, it's always an, it's a difficult conversation to have, but for, you know, I didn't just reach out to a random one, you know, it'd be, I was, I've been lucky enough to, uh, you know, kind of build a base here in Chicago where I connect with, you know, a lot of, um, you know, my friends who are also, you know, photographers or videographers. So just kind of floating out a price out there to them and getting, you know, just seeing if that's like market value. Um, so I'd say, you know, really even just prices aside, just one of the biggest advice I could give to any creative out there is can, you know, finding those local creatives, finding those, the people with your same passion, you know, on campus at your same school, 
in your same city because I, I, I get like, there's that feeling of competition, but just know that, you know, we're all, we're all doing the same thing. We all have the same goals and, you know, there's going to come a time where, you know, that, that creative needs extra hands and they're going to think about you or, you know, vice versa. And essentially your, your network is your net worth is a, is a term that I heard, uh, like a few years back that has always just been on my mind. And, um, you know, so just even just price aside, just connecting with creatives is can, can help lead to hurdles like these when coming up with, you know, your rate. So it's, it's definitely a, it's, it's a sticky, uh, it's a sticky conversation. I, I wouldn't, you know, I, I wouldn't be lying if I had to change my rate when I first started, just because, you know, when you first start, you, you learn a lot more. And like, for example, like, you know, the first video I ever probably charged for, I didn't, I didn't consider, Oh, like, um, you know, the sound library that I'm using costs monthly. Um, you have to, you have to think, you have to, you have to build your rate and really consider, you know, the budget of, you're dealing with and understand like, what are you, what are you paying? What do you, what are you, what are you investing in for that rate to be what it is? So what I mean by that is like Adobe creative cloud, you know, what, you know, what assets are you giving that client that you are paying for? And I think just making factors like those um, can can ultimately lead to uh, what you think is best and what is the best and fair price. But, you know, I, I try not to dwell on price too much. I just try to, um, you know, find, find a budget, find a price that is fair and is going to make both of you happy and ultimately yourself happy that you can, you know, you know, no matter the amount of work you're happy to to do it for that fair price for that amount of work yeah that that's a really great point um especially about networking and connecting like i think that's one of the most like priceless like most valuable thing about this whole field is making connections with other creatives and you know just being a you know, like Diego said a couple episodes, just being a good person. Like you never know where other creatives are going to end up. You never know, you know, who might ask who for a recommendation on you. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a big world out there, but it's also a very small world and people know people who know people who know people. And um it's actually really cool, like for those that don't know, even though you're based in Chicago I'm based in Kansas City we met for like five minutes when yeah. I went to the NBA all-star game in Chicago um back in February that's right COVID <laughs> so and that was like the, that's like the last supper yeah. of like sports <laughs> that, yeah that was it's so crazy to think about like last year I I was watching like LeBron James and Zion and Luca yeah. <laughs> and and like you were there shooting um, some photos or whatever for, I don't, I don't remember for who, but you know, we, we had 
gone back and forth a little bit and you know you heard that I was in town and you know we took the time to like try to find each other in the stands and to say what's up so um definitely super important for you know creatives to be connecting with other creatives whether it's through social media or in person for a couple minutes or whatever just so um you're expanding that network um who are some of your either mentors or inspirations that you know without them you wouldn't be here Oof. man that's that's a tough one Men, uh, man well i i'll have to think a second on mentors but in terms of other people in the industry that i think are just extremely next level would be so like Gibson Hazard, like, I mean, that dude, like I, like I'm throwing the white, the white towel on that. Like I'm, I'm <laughs> I can't even, I can't even reach to that point. I'm, but I'm right I, there I with you. <laughs> yeah. Like, but I mean, that's just inspiring, man. Like just seeing work like that and seeing the, the amount of, of work that goes into, I mean, that's, that's just like, to, that to me, that's just like art like put in the Louvre, like that's just insane. Um, so that's, that's someone's work that, you know, I, I truly admire. Um, so local here in Chicago, um, Oscar Castillo is one of, I think the most underrated creatives, um, out there. And he's, he's one of the homies too. So he started a blog called Modern Notoriety, but he also, he's like one of the OG sneaker content kings. Like he, he, you know, he was one of the first ones to make sneaker content just look dope. And, you know, it's, and for me, it's important to see something like that because you know that there's other, you know, outside of sports, there's, like I, I pull inspiration from all sorts of different, you know, um, all sorts of different cultures, like not just sports. Like I can, I can look at something from music or design type, you know, typography, um, you know, in this sense, like the product, uh, content he makes, like, and I can pull something in terms of like, I can, I can pull some sort of inspiration and just get inspired by it. Um, so, he is, you know, he does, you know, he does some work for Adidas, Adidas basketball. And it's just, he's, he's got a wild, he's got a wild style. Um, also Cameron look, you know, I got to look out for my, for my cams out there. Uh, he's, he's cool Mac on, on Instagram. I think, you know, again, I haven't met him, but connected with him like on, on Instagram, but, man, just that kind of work where he's, he's coming up. I feel like he's, he's one of those creators that, you know, every month he has something different. He has something new. Like obviously he has like his fire photos, but in terms, he, he always finds something new to add to his work. And, you know, I feel like that's where you and me, like we, we strive to do that as well. So it's, it's creators like that 
along with yourself, Billy, that like, it's awesome to, to see like people just leveling up. So those, th- those in terms of total creators, I, I, I throw gradient visuals in there as well. Uh, another Hooper content king, uh, man, I got, I got so many in my mind. Photographers like Derek Spencer, just freaking just uh, that dude's photo. Like, I don't think that dude has ever taken a bad photo. It's insane. His photos are amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's wild. Like, you know, just, there's so many good creatives out there. M Johnson, the real J will. Those are, those are some of the, um, women in sports that are just crushing it. That, Man, just seeing, I like I, I get inspired by you know the photos and content they create. So it's, I, I man, I, I could keep going. But <laughs> it's a long list. <laughs> yeah, but there's definitely, it's it's a good time to be a creator right now, and it's um, man, there's 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 some there's some good talent out there. Yeah, for sure, definitely. Like one of my big mottos is to try to be the inspiration that inspired me. So that's why, Oh yeah. Um, you know, I try to share my knowledge and answer all the DMS because I was once in those people's shoes, you know, asking the questions. So, um, that's awesome to hear Absolutely. all the people that inspire you and hopefully, um, both of us keep inspiring, you know, the next wave, um, for this segment, I'm going to flip the script and hand you the mic. You can ask me, um, a couple of questions if you have any. Um, oh man. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do it. Oh man. All right. I like it. Yo. All right. Here we go. First question. Who is the head honcho of the KC mob? Cause you got you, Diego, you got Sam, you got Bryn, you got Brendan over there. Like, dude, I don't, I don't, I don't know how, like any other city can compete on a on an NFL field with that. Like that's absurd. Kansas City. I'm sure there's others I'm thinking about. Yeah, it's crazy. Right. Um, it's wild, man. I just I got I got to I got to show love to you guys. I yeah, mean, and like it's crazy. Ridiculous. Even like Mizzou, like the people that I've seen coming out of Mizzou, like Alex Farkas at the Chargers. Yeah. Like I don't know. It, it's, oh yeah, that dude's well. Yeah, he's. Um, I would consider him, for, uh, I'll, I'll claim him as well. Like the, this Mizzou Midwest area is, is yeah. a wildland. Um, yeah, it, it's been I a fun it. ride and like, you know, it's crazy that I met Brendan and Diego when I was at the Chiefs and, you know, kind of going back to what you said about networking and, um, uh, making connections. Like we just, you know, helped each other out, answered each, each other questions. Um, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, Diego's from KC. Brendan's living in LA working for the NFL, but he's also from KC. Um, like, like it's a cool squad and definitely, definitely, you know, grateful to be among them and, you know, you just get to collab with them and work with them for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, that's, that's fire. I, I, I had to throw out, throw out all those names. Uh, Sam, no, for Sam Lutz. Uh, shout out to Sam Lutz. He's a, he's uh, a oh, monster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I put him out there too. Yeah. I put him in that list. Yeah, I mean, is. you. I mean, it's it's absurd. It's like <laughs> you guys, you guys are like the. Oh man, it's it's wild. All right, I got a real question yeah, here. Though. Yeah. All right. So, in terms of aesthetic of like trend, like trends, in in our, I guess, just social video in general. 
So, you know, like, remember, like, the old, like, VHS, like, the rewind, like, the, like, the VHS, like, grain, that, mm-hmm. that whole era. Yeah. Then it kind of, then it kind of shifted to, like, this film aesthetic with, you know, and just, you know, the whole Polaroid and, mm-hmm. and film grain and, you know, the 16 millimeter, 35 millimeter, like that's, that's, that's like popping right now. Right. Yeah. Man, what do you think is next? Like, I, I don't even know if there's an answer here, but like, <laughs> I'm just curious. That's, that's like the million dollar question. Um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's wild. Um, I, I mean, about, maybe like, not even like what's next, but just like, I, I guess for me, what I've been feeling is next and you're starting to see it. I feel like VFX, VFX is next, like cinema 4D yeah. and rendering. Like, yes. I'm a little behind in that, but I've already started to like, you know, use the help of Andy Torres, and yes. um, you know, I've got some VFX in some of my edits thanks to him, and I feel like I'm looking around at all these other creatives, and like, that's kind of like the next unknown slash next big wave big thing is just like doing some insane like almost almost like we're chasing gibson hazard ish like yeah yeah, it kind of of feels like that like gibson kind of paved the way for that style um that kind of epic like abstract yeah not even real but it's real type vibes and i feel yeah like oh 100 that's and like i feel like that i don't know that might be next i i, I don't that's a huge yeah. jump from like a freaking overlay but like <laughs> everyone's just getting better and better and like man it's i love the film overlay look and i'm i'm trying to rock with that as much as i can but i'm also starting to like get a little bored of it and i've been um, just trying to do kind of different things with my past couple of edits and just kind of trying to see what's what works and what doesn't. And, you know, yeah, it's really interesting to see, like, you know, across the board of where everyone's at and where what everyone's trying to do. And um, definitely if you're a young and upcoming creative, it's super important to be kind of, you know, in the bird's eye view watching from the clouds and just seeing the landscape of where everything's headed and what where everything is now and where everything was um because um i don't know what's next it's 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 crazy um but i feel like the past couple of months and maybe a couple of years i feel like vfx is the next yeah wave yeah that 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 uh the stuff that andy did with mm-hmm. that clippers thing oh like, my gosh Oh my, I can't even wrap my mind around that right now. It's insane. Like, and the crazy thing about that is like, he was remote editing that like his PC was at our house in Kansas city, but it was over Christmas break. So he was on his Mac at home in Arkansas with his family. And I'm sitting in his room in his chair, like talking to him over zoom, like, Hey, we should try to do this. We should try to do that. Like, what have you, change the camera like the Dennis Dennis Rodman gif of like yeah like, yeah I, that was me and he wasn't even there like it was so crazy and I'm just looking at the screen 
and he's like moving the mouse and it's all happening in front of me. Like it was a interesting and wild experience, but Andy's like turning up in that area and he's, he's loving it. And we're, we're trying to get more into that at let it fly media and we're starting to build PCs. Absolutely. And, um, I feel like, I mean, cause once you're, once you're a master at that, you, whatever, whatever you want is, is the next wave. Like you can really mm-hmm. do anything. Yeah. And just building off of your comment of just paying attention to the landscape. I think I, th- what I mentioned earlier in terms of, you know, obviously the mo- the easiest and the most direct route is just seeing what the top teams or, you know, colleges, like co- colleges, I would start at colleges because like they are constantly recruiting and like they're, they, they have to have the most engaging content that is current and trending in order to catch the eyes of, of recruits. So, you know, obviously the work that, that Tyson and the Clemson crews got there, but I mean, just college and college athletics in general, I think is a great, just that, like that's the easiest method of just getting a sense of what, what trends are popping. But the thing that I wanted to say is like, I think there's even opportunities outside of, you know, directly like our direct field to find inspiration. And an example I can give is I was, um, I was, this sounds just like, so she, she, but uh, like I was in Paris, like in 2019. And uh, like, I, the, the reason I say this is because I was in there and I was just walking and seeing, uh, just like walking around the shops. Right. And there was the Adidas, flagship or well, not the company flagship, but just like, the, you know, the, the Paris flagship store there. And they had these window displays and it was just in like, just like the videos that they were playing were insane. It was like, you know, inverts and, and, um, using color gradients with, um, you know, with the, whatever, like video of the product or the people, that were on it. And it's like, I'm like, Whoa, like this, this, this is not, (laughs) this has not made it over to our country yet. Like this, this style, this trend is like, it's, it's not hit our country yet because I have not seen like anything like this. So I just recorded just that, that window display. And, you know, it's not like I took that and imitated it, but just, just pulling pieces of inspiration visually like that can just help, you know, make you think outside the box. And it's, it's examples like that. Like that was an extreme example, but even just like paying attention to billboards or, um, you know, window displays, magazine ads, like print, you know, cause you know, we ultimately move with the design industry uh, because, you know, we have to match, you know, if you're working for a team, you're matching like the branding guidelines. So the direction that design and typography are going is goes hand in hand with video. But yeah, man, it's, it's crazy. I think it'll be funny to look back at like, 
you know, a few years from now and like look back at like the glitchy era of like <laughs> the RGB glitches. Like yeah. we're going to, we're going to look back and like cringe. <laughs> yeah, I kind of, I, I, I sort of cringe right now at, at any glitches. Oh like, yeah. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's everywhere. It's, it's crazy to see. It's, it's fun to like, you know, look, look from 30,000 feet in the air and like, look across the landscape and like try to notice stuff. Like when I was at the NFL, I followed every, like one of the first things I did was follow every single NFL team. Um, and that, that just gave me a, a sense of like where everyone was at, what everyone else was doing. And I feel like that's something not a lot of people do um, or don't really think about is like, if you work for, you know, an NHL team, I feel like you should be following every NHL team. And um, obviously you get pushed past that and follow, you know, the collegiate teams and definitely uh, other, but I think the bare minimum is to at least be following, you know, if you're working in the NFL, just follow all 32 teams. Like it's pretty easy to just look them all up um, and just see where, where everything's at. And um, it's definitely fun um, to notice stuff and, you know, see what, even like with like player content and collegiate content and like it's it's definitely cool to see and notice and something else I noticed is like um you know talking about your jump to freelance um that was around the same time uh, you know I jumped from yeah from, from you know chiefs to agency and that was also around the same time I saw Ty, Ro- Ty Rogers jump from Michigan um to freelance so that was um, like, like low key inspiration to me, um, to see that, like you were with the bears doing their social, social stuff. And all of a sudden now you're doing freelance and like you left and I was like, Oh, maybe like I could do this. Like I, I can leave the chiefs. And, you know, I saw Ty do, do, do it around the same time. Um, and even I talked to like David Kushner a couple months before I left the Chiefs about his, you know, experience with freelance. So, um, yeah, shout out to y'all three for kind of, you know, I guess paving the way for me to be super. Con- I, I was confident leaving, but that was like, like you said earlier, it's nice to hear from other people or see other people experience kind of the same path. So definitely, um, that was that was dope to see all four of us kind of make it to the other side. Yeah, it's, it's crazy to think about. I mean, I, I, w- I would say, I think, and I think you can attest to this too, is, you know, we we're fortunate to land where we're at now, but, you know, I think it's, it's easy to say that I don't think we'd be where we're at now and doing the work that we're doing without having that past experience with the teams. So, I, I think it's important, you know, to know, like, you know, we're not trying to like out here, like say, like, don't work for teams, you know, oh, like, yeah, obviously, 100%. like, yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no. I, and I know you, I know, I know, you know that I'm, you know, yeah. it's just, I'm just kind of like talking out loud on mm-hmm. that, on that matter because like, I honestly don't even believe, you know, I would be working with ESPN if I didn't go through you know, each of the, you know, each my, my past experience with each team and having those trials and errors and, 
learning, you know, the professional skills and, you know, it's, it's definitely a ride. And I would, I would say to people, you know, like I, I, you know, keep following your same path and just have, you know, confidence in yourself that, you know, no matter where you are, what team or whatever, like this is, you know, this is your road, this is your path. And, you know, you're going to, you're going to end up making it and making the best content and being your best self by just following the process. Yes. That's, that's a very good point to make. Um, I was not trying to paint uh, teams to be bad. I would be nothing without the Chiefs. And I think it it, it kind of goes back to what when Parker asked, like, would you rather or something about like being a better editor or better shooter? It's all self-awareness and personal preference. Like if you are thinking about joining a team because you want to work for a team, that that's what you should do. If you're thinking about doing freelance and that's what you want to do, then like do whatever you want to do. Yeah. Don't yeah. Be, feel like you're pressured to do one thing over the another. Um, it's it, like all, all our answers throughout the podcast are kind of kind of combining, but it's, it's helpful to have those connections and network with people who are in those situations that you're wanting to go into. Um, so that way you can talk to them about their experiences and be more confident in whatever route you take. Um, but the most important thing is just being confident in whatever route you do take and um, making sure that, you know, that route makes you happy and you're passionate about it. So um, good, good clarification there. Um, last, last thing we're going to do, Cam, we're going to um, shout out your personal Instagram and Twitter and just say how people can f- find you on social. And then I want you to, hit us with one last piece of advice um, to sign off with. What is your, um, this is like your soapbox moment. What's your last piece of advice for those who are maybe high school students trying to get into this field, college students trying to get into this field, recent grads trying to get into this field. Um, What's your one last big piece of advice that you want to stand on basically but first uh plug your socials well appreciate it social is cameron good uh whoever the real cameron good handle is out there like hit my dms like we we, we need to work on something here but i, I mean just kidding but I, I think at this point like people just know me as cameron good um which is which is dope and i'm, I'm cool with it as as long as it can last but yeah, that's my social Cameron Good on on uh, pretty much every social uh, TikTok. I've only like made like three, and I can't even remember my handle to be honest. So I'll just put that in the bio somewhere. Um, but yeah, that's that's where you can find me on social. I have a website camgoodcreative.com, and man, 2021, I'm trying to expand and and try to you know do more things like this where I can reach back out to the community. Um, so hopefully YouTube and other formats are on the way where I can try to connect to, uh, creatives out there more. So, uh, but yeah, that's my social. And in terms of the advice, you know, I think something that I can share is especially because, you know, we talked about like we're in that place of, you know, you might not be able to shoot 
or you might you might not be able to like get a a press pass to to shoot at your at your college or you know if you're in high school you're just trying to find something creative to do and i'm just going to i'm going to go back to editing and i'm going to explain you know a piece of advice like i think finding a passion project that you know, might be outside of sports or outside of your team that you have interest in um, is is just a great way to, you know, work on your editing skills. And like, so for example, for me, like I, I even did it like this year during, like right when quarantine hit, I, the, Travis Scott did the Fortnite concert. And I remember watching that and I'm like, this is the, like, this is insane. Like a virtual like video game concert. I'm like, this is wild. And I got <laughs> so inspired by it. It was also during the time of the last dance was airing. So I'm like, yo, like what if I made a Travis Scott MJ like mixtape? I'm like, that would be insane. And I just, I just started visualizing it in my mind. And obviously like Travis works or uh, I'm sorry, like Travis is like signed by Jordan brand. So like it's a natural connection and it's like the time and place makes sense. The last dance is like popping. So is Travis. And I'm like, I'm just going to, I'm just going to create something weird here. So, you know, that, that wasn't like for anyone, you know, it was, it was during the quarantine and I'm like, I wanted to have my skills like, you know, you know, basically, you know, like stay ready for whenever that next opportunity comes. So, man, I just like stayed up all night one night and just went wild on this piece. And I just did it just for, you know, my passion. And like, I didn't, you know, I didn't make it to like try to gain clout, but I threw it out there and um, my goodness, like it just, it went bonkers. It's like easily my most viewed video I've ever made like personally for my personal channel. And, um, you know, it can, you know, who knows, like maybe that leads to the eyes of, you know, someone or it lands on, you know, someone's inbox or someone's desk where they're like, you know, like this, this dude, like he's, he has great work. Um, like this dude's insane. Like we should try to hire him. So, uh, we call them spec spots, but uh, that would be my recommendation. If you're feeling like, you know, I really can't take advantage of, you know, what's around me, then build spec spots like that, that can, um, you know, if you don't feel comfortable posting, then just put it on a private YouTube link and you can include that like as part of your portfolio or just send it off to, um, you know, the, like if, if you did it, like, for example, if you were a student at Texas Tech and the other day, like uh, Mac McClung had that step back game winner three pointer and you did something crazy with that, like made a spec piece and then sent that to the Texas Tech staff and said, hey, like, this is just something fun I made, like, would love to, you know, be a part of the staff in any way possible or like, you know, be remote and you know, do fun, you know, creative edits for your, for your program, like, and just send it off. And I think, 
it's examples like those where you know you can you can think outside the box and and try to um, get better at your craft and and use it in a smart and strategic way. Yo, so basically what he's saying is to post your work. Don't be afraid to post your work because that's how other people are going to see what your talents are. And that's how you're going to get hired for more and more projects. Shout out to Cam for being on the podcast. Thank you to everybody who called in and asked questions. And shout out to all of y'all for listening and supporting the podcast. Please make sure to download, review, follow, and like the podcast on whatever platform you're listening on. That would mean a lot to me. And my name is Billy Quatch, and I'll catch y'all on the next one. Deuces.